are back, everyone, and we've got Duco Van Bremen in the house, calling in from Haymark at HQ. How's it going, Duco? Very good. How are you, Mark? I'm very well. Thank you for joining uh, this show. This is the, I think this will be the 12th episode of the Getting to Know the Community series that we started here, and it's been a little bit... Um, we haven't been able to be consistent with it, but you know we're trying to get back on track and we're getting a few helpers along. But it's always good to, for this show to, to get to know people that are either building or running events or uh, you know working in the space. And you, you, you wear a couple of hats in the Web3 space. So I guess the first question has to be, how did you get involved in the Web3 space? Where did that all begin? Yeah, um, well, I guess it started with a bit of FOMO. Um, I, when I was, li I lived in China for a very long time, and I remember there was a, a crazy Australian guy trying to gift us Bitcoin at the time, and we said, "Go away with your funny digital coins." Um, yeah. and, and, I, and I tried to make a purchase at Coinbase. What was it? Six hundred euros at the time, because you know I'm Dutch and I had most of euros. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, of Bitcoin, which were six US dollars at the time. Now that transaction failed, and it's oh still. That's, and I thought, you know what? It's all a scam, anyways. Um, but that's where I guess my hate and love relationship started. Um, I moved to Australia in 2016. We started hosting lots of blockchain events in 2017, but I wasn't too well, involved in that. Um, I'm okay. quite a quite a I guess skeptical person uh, by nature. Um, but what was it in 20 or last year actually? I started getting more and more involved in it when I came across NFTs. Uh, and uh -huh. we started looking at it as an investment class, as I also run a small family office, investment office. Mm -hmm. um, and that was my first actual foray into actually doing something in the space versus just passively reading about it. So a little bit, little bit over yeah, a year and a half or so now. Fantastic. And when you say family office, so um, I guess you're TradFi by background, or was the family office just something on the side and your day-to-day -day job was something completely not financed? Like where's the crossover there? Yeah, the, the latter actually. Um, okay. So when I talk about family office, essentially as I'm running sort of a startup incubator and we run lots of programs, I have, um, yeah. I guess you could call access to deal flow, cool startups. Um, and I'm essentially okay. helping my family to invest in those that I think are interesting. And we work with syndicates. So in the past few years, we've invested in uh, about 12 startups, uh, mostly Aussie tech startups. Uh, but wow. at some point, I saw these valuations rise. I saw it just, just the, you know, when the Fed started printing money, we sort of started holding off a little bit. Um, yeah. And we started looking at alternatives. And obviously, there was a bit of an arbitrage opportunity to look at crypto. Now, that arbitrage <laughs> opportunity quickly went away. Uh, when everyone started dumping money into it, but that's sort of what uh, initially, you know, got my serious interest into it. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like I started, I've I've been in Bitcoin as a investor, and it was a small part. Like I do the whole like uh, core and satellite type approach, where my riskiest is you know, based on my tolerance. It's such a lower level. I've always had Bitcoin there, but yeah. bought in and out. Like I've made very little profit because I have bought in and out. I've tried to day trade it. I'm like, well, what am I doing? This is stupid. Um, it's a digital currency. I was a massive skeptic, but you know, coming from the TradFi space, being skeptical, it's like, what is all this? Is all these, they call them shit coins. They call them yeah. hot coins. What is it all about and stuff? And like, like you seeing the NFTs, I think I saw that with, um, with the co-founder of mine, Arturo, who's here in the office uh, with the, NBA top shot and it's like yes oh, I've got some what? of those too. yeah <laughs> what is going on like it's just I can I can watch a read I can just watch this on YouTube 
why is it so, you know, and then you look into it more and it starts being fascinating, but still because I've come from that TradFi space, hesitant to pull the, the trigger and stuff. And I guess we'll get into that a bit more, like what were those aha moments for you? But let's just take a step back and, you know, Haymarket HQ, um, some viewers already know about this. They've come to the events. They might have already be working in your co-working space. But can you tell us uh, a bit more about that? What is it all about? Yeah, sure. So, so the, the company has evolved a little bit, right? So it's uh, initially, um, it was essentially funded by the state government as well as the uh, uh, Banner Foundation. So essentially okay. family office. And it was all to help startups scale into new markets with a, with a focus on the Asia Pacific. Uh, it has since evolved quite a bit. Um, you know, we started by offering co-working space and mentorship, which at the time was something quite innovative. Um, but nowadays, most of the work that we do is actually uh, programming. So we, we run very large scale programs for governments, um, city, state, federal governments to help companies scale into new markets uh, and also do some work in the Web3 space. Uh, so um, when it comes to Web3, you know, we said, look, there's a real opportunity here to educate folks on it and learn at the same time while we run events. Uh, we had quite an active Web3 community and that sort of happened naturally. It's not that we were trying to build that out, uh, but okay. we found we had a good few very active investors and, and company builders, sort of Web3 builders in the space. And we said, hey, let's, let's, let's build on that. Um, and that's how we started doing more events and workshops. Uh, and a lot of that focus was on, on NFTs as they were sort of going into it, but we've also hosted probably over 60 events or so uh, from various community groups, uh, you wow. know, international Web3 companies coming in. Um, so we do a little bit of everything, um, um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much the summary of it. I've, I've been to those events and it is such a cool hub for that. Um, I really like the layout. And I think that I can't remember the event, whether it was a metaverse run, one that was like run by Patricia. Yeah, yeah that's to her and um, Phil uh, and, yeah. and little Charlie as well. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the youngest, like we've had them at our D5 events and we we're doing them at the Macari studios. And um, we've got our one tonight at Stone and Chalk. And yeah. we respect the people like yourself that, and your team that have run these events because I'm the same. Like I find the best way to learn is by teaching. Yes. Yeah. You, you learn and you're forced to stay ahead of the curve and you yeah. learn so much from listening to people. It's really funny. Like, you know, um, I'm not a salesman by background, but I do realize that a lot of people are in sales. I'm a technology guy and data guy and finance yeah. by background. But when you learn um, the, the best way to kind of learn and, and also to, to get sales as a consultant, right, is by listening to others. Yeah. It is amazing what you get to unlock because there's so much knowledge out there. And I feel like Web3 is the perfect space for people like us that are very collaborative, yeah. much about the community and, um, you know, here to uh, just help push the space forward. And you know, the first time I think we had learned about you was also your, uh, and you mentioned it with projects, but let's dive into that. NFT projects, you have um, at the Edge of Chaos event, which yeah. is a really cool event um, that was one of our first ones to go to um, down in Barangaroo, where it was for a few weeks with um, yeah. ELK, the famous artist, and he had his uh, um, artworks downstairs and upstairs. You had, uh, can you tell us more about the Kimmies? 
Yeah, <laughs> probably the most random thing I've ever done in my life, really. It's fantastic. Um, it's a if it's random and it was a proof of concept, mate, it, it yeah. did so well to capture attention <laughs> about what is possible. Yeah, it was, it, it was a, a Friday, uh, 5 p.m. here at Haymarket HQ. That's when we do our beers, 5 and 5. Yeah. And I, um, I was looking into these uh, title certificates that people in the UK are selling. Right, so you can buy a Lord title or whatever, you know, some smart guy. I've heard of those, yeah. Yeah, found that, oh, this piece of land comes with title rights. If I sell one, you know, a square inch of that land, then you can have that title right too. Now, he was very successful in doing that. And since many have popped up, I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. and I thought, oh, this is kind of a cool use case as well for NFTs. Um, but but the first thing that came to mind is like, oh, who has actually better titles? Like, you know, this is a bit old school, lore title, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And having had a bit of an obsession with North Korea, my mind quickly <laughs> went to, yes, the North Korean regime. They have Fantastic. the most ridiculous titles you can come up with, you know, like... Um, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. They, they give themselves insane titles and they have this whole sort of... Um, um, a myth built around the Kim dynasty, right? So the family that's been ruling North mm. Korea, which essentially mm. is also then, okay, they base that on the Bible. So it's a, it's a bit of a funny one. Anywho, okay. they, give, they wow. give themselves titles like Iron Willed Commander, Master of the Computer Who Surprised the World, you know, you, you name it. And it's, to be honest, wow. half of them you'll be laughing at laughing and read them. And I thought, oh, this is kind of interesting. So I thought, why don't I become the official distributor of North Korean titles? I don't see them doing it. Uh, so someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. I'm sure there's some latent demand for it. So, um, and that's sort of how it started. And as a bit of fun, and before we knew it, we said, oh, we may as well add some pictures to it. And we're like, oh, this is an NFT use case. Oh, how would we combine that? And we said, ah, oh, the certificate is an NFT. There's only going to be that many. You know, you're going to have a official certificate that says, you know, Mark, you're now an Iron World Commander. You get a nice image with it. <laughs> Um, we built in all these traits into these NFTs as well. So you can log yep. into our website and then you can see the traits it has. And it's all based on history. Oh, wow. uh, so these are not random traits. We even have hidden traits, sort of what kind of vaccination he has. Um, oh, okay. In other words, it got a little bit out of hand, as you can hear. <laughs> um, but, you and, know, it's, it's in, I think it's important to do that because experimenting with what's possible, even if it does sound a little bit silly, um, it's more about the possibilities. And this is what a lot of people that are critics of the space kind of point to. They're like, oh, it's just an image or I can copy it and stuff like that. It's like, well, yeah. we didn't get angry at PDFs. Or maybe there was a small group that got angry when there was like all of a sudden we could put newspapers on the computer. Oh, what, why? You know, like I'm sure there yeah. was a small group, but now it's just, it's we don't care. It's a a medium of a delivery it's a vehicle yeah yeah so why yeah. are we getting angry at it it's it's technology so but it was really fascinating that you did that and is that something that's still going or was that put on pause or like what, what's happened with that yeah so it, it's still going but we're not putting as much effort into it as, okay. as we did previously right i think uh, the, the market sort of uh, uh, crashed i think we're at what five percent of sales these days as we were you know a couple oh. of months ago um, so we found that, you know, interest waned a little bit, um, and, you know, we all have our full-time gigs, but it's something that we're not, yeah. we're not, we're not thinking like, oh, we're going to kill it or anything. We still think it's hilarious. We did a, oh, yeah. a meetup a couple of weeks ago where we gave everyone, you know, these really cool hoodies designed by Elk. 
uh, by Luke. Cornish. Oh, fantastic! Um, yeah. so, you know, it's small stuff like that we're still doing. And it okay. became a bit of a, a fun little community of people that have a similar sense of humor. Um, we also made a donation to uh, a charity. So you know, whereas we're poking fun of North Korea and the North Korean leadership, we're also obviously very much aware of of how horrible the lives can be there. Uh, mm. And um, there's some charities that support these North North Korean refugees to escape via China, which is actually a really interesting sort of route that they're taking. When the rivers wow. freeze over in the winter, they can pass oh. over. And there's a lot of trade happening there. Uh, and some yeah. of them, you know, are looking to move indefinitely from North Korea and this charity supports them. So it has that sort of angle to it as well. Uh, we haven't taken any yeah, it's not just you know, profits it's from it ourselves. Well. Okay. Um, but it's been fun. And that's led into, you know, partnership with Luke uh, or Elk. Um, mm. He really liked, you know, the project. It's his kind of humor. He's done some of that stuff as well in other countries. Yeah. Um, and he said, look, I want to organize this exhibition, but I want it to have that metaverse angle to it. Is that something we can mm. work on together? So we tackled that together, hired a small team. They basically set it all up. Uh, I can't really mm. take, take the uh, credit for it. <laughs> Uh, but then we've got great sponsors involved, right? Like Lentley's, HCC, you name it, a dozen yeah. or so, Wacom. Uh, and it became quite quite a big event with thousands of people coming through the doors. So it was it a was bit crazy. random, but it was yeah, yeah a lot of fun. And the, the orchestra that played yes. there with the riot gear on, um, <laughs> that was what a crazy crossover. And, you know, running events, like we've run some events where it's kind of felt like we need to put right gear on ourselves because the folks in Melbourne, shout out to the Melbourne Oz DeFi crew, but they get um, feisty with the questions. It's a lot of fun. Um, you got to have uh, a thick skin, um, but, you know, it's all in the name of improving the space. They ask the hard questions. We have a lot of fun. You know, people might look at it and go, oh, you know, it's a tough crowd and stuff. No, we're, we're actually all friends. It's, it's yeah. a funny thing. We all want to see this space improve and on that note like yeah. given that you've done some of this nft stuff i mean we've seen it the the fact that uh you know uh nfts you have to swap them in and out if you've got an nft that has certain features and i only want a certain feature from it like the teeth or the eyes or the hair color or something i can't just swap those and we've seen projects that are working on that kind of composability and stuff but just in the name of improvement whether it's NFTs or other kind of token projects that you've seen under, um, you know, whether it's Haymarket HQ or just the stuff that you've seen in general being in this space, Duco, what do you kind of feel of the improvements that people need to be thinking of, that the people are building in projects? What do people need to be thinking of in terms of improving the space? I find that a diff difficult question, right? I think, um, yeah. I think if we look at uh, improving the space, I guess a lot of, People talk about awareness and getting the, the you know, the, the bigger normie community involved. Um, I think right now, what you see with crypto, it's a tiny industry. And especially if you look at NFTs, yep. it's even smaller. It's a lot of exactly. preaching to the choir type of stuff, right? Um, I think for this to be, uh, I think NFTs are, are going mainstream, but in a very, very different format. You know, uh, I talked to a very large stock exchange um, and they said, look, everything is going to be an NFT very soon. We're actively working towards that. And you're not going to wow. hear about it. It's going to be in the background because nobody cares about the tech. They only care about the actual use case, the application of that. And um, I think that's true. And I've heard many investors that sort of echo that sentiment as well. So for this to improve, I think for the space to improve, we need 
to have you know actual use cases that go beyond the little community that we're in uh, that provide value genuine value um, so that the um, um, rest of the normal sort of consuming market starts adapting it as well adopting it as well yep. um, but i think my gut feel says is that very soon nobody's going to care about nfts anymore because it's just going to be a background technology just like nobody cares when they visit a website that is, you know, programmed in, J, you know, Node.js or whatever, right? Um, it's so, a very small community that might care about yes, that. Yes, probably the few that are listening. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think, um, I think for this all to improve, I think we need to move mm. away from actually focusing on NFTs and focusing on crypto to yeah. normal business sort of practices. And that is, what problem can we solve? And, and are these technologies a good fit for that? And if the answer is yes, they're 10 times better than anything else in the market, you know, you've got a real business. Yeah. Uh, And because I think the danger is otherwise is that we're just preaching to the choir. Um, So, yeah. Absolutely. I I massively agree with that. It's it's funny, like drawing comparisons to the real world, like we don't go, oh, hey, bring your friends to the JavaScript conference. Bring your friends (laughs) to the PDF conference. Um, Hey, do you want to come to this RPA? Yeah, it's, it's like robotic process automation. Um, we don't try to convert people in the, the normies of those industries don't try to get converted. The, the thing that got stuck here, like imagine if one of those industries like data science or analytics, which is my background, um, if it was like, hey, get into this space. Like, I don't know what this project is, but it's to do with the data analytics space and you can buy these tokens that are a part of it. I think because of the investment angle, we could have been a very different space. Um, it's arguable that it drew a lot of attention that is now trying to do good in the space, but at the same time, it put a lot of regulatory pressure, it put a lot of people at risk. It made the whole space seem like it's just a big investment scam kind of thing. And even mm. though the numbers beg to differ, um, you know, we hosted Chainalysis last week and we looked at the numbers there um, and it's such a small percentage of the whole web three space that is crime but still you know it's it is the the point that you made there that people need to for the, the normies for people to um benefit from blockchain tech we asked this at the the venture studio i'm in right now um not centralized where we ask projects the basic real hard question why are you even on a blockchain yeah. you know and some people it's if it's just for the hype it's like well look you can pay us to help you out find a real reason because that's not good enough anymore. It's no yeah. longer the case that... Have you heard about that um, story back in 2017 or so when Long Island Ice Tea Company put Long Island Ice Tea and Blockchain in their name? And no, their I didn't. And their share price went up, number go up, share price went up, but then a lot of them got in trouble because it's like, yeah, you're deceiving investors. But, you know, just putting the word blockchain or back in the day, putting the word AI in, into your investor kind of presentations, a lot of projects were just doing it for the sake of it and not actually yeah. doing anything real. So it's such a shame, but I think you know, the lessons that you mentioned there, that that's really what we need to be talking about. Speaking of um, the events and stuff, do you, I, I know that you run the space, but do you get up there and talk sometimes? Because the times that I've been there to Haymarket HQ, it's been others, but are you ever up there yourself? Yeah, so I've, I've spoken at lots of events and a lot of our sort of company events so outside of HQ as well. Um, ah, okay. But- but but really, I, I like to think as well. I'm not I'm not an expert at all of this, right? I can speak to certain elements of it where I know yeah. about it, where I've done it. Um, 
But I think a lot of times, you know, people, it's a small community here. They've heard me talk enough. I think there's a lot of <laughs> smarter, uh, uh, more, you know, uh, specialized folks that can offer real new perspectives. And, and that's something yeah. that I think uh, is most important, right? And I'd, I'd rather sort of listen and learn then as well. Um, and right now it's an interesting time where I'm like, okay, well, I could speak to NFTs and all of that, but if I look at where it's heading, you know, mm. it's, it's moving away from the PFPs, right? Uh, that's happened some time ago already. And it's, it's now moving into some really interesting corporate solutions as well. And, you know, I cannot really speak to that just yet. So. Yeah, I, I do the standard I'm under NDA. Guys. <laughs> so no, all, all, all good there. Um, we're looking forward to all of that because I think that's the only way that we can really get mainstream adoption it's corporates that are bringing it in and integrating it into what they do so that their customers don't even feel it. Like, I mean, there's the classic, oh, sorry, it's not classic because it's brand new, uh, Starbucks with their Odyssey program, which they're not touting as an NFT project, and yet it is backed by blockchain technology and it is just a customer loyalty program that is more yeah. efficient that they see they can provide in terms of customer loyalty rewards than yeah. if they were not blockchain and that is the perfect way to look at it so for corporates out there talking to duco and and the folks there or talking to us um you know this is the kind of thing that you need to realize so let's get crystal ball gazing <laughs> um where do you see uh the space heading and you've kind of alluded to it but in the next 12 months either here in australia or even um overseas you you kind of mentioned that NFTs would be the terminology, I guess, would be pushed to the background, but not investment advice or anything like that necessarily. But, uh, and you know, this is not, um, nor should you listen about. to me as I didn't buy those bitcoins and, uh, you oh. know, when I should have, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe we're both of us because we haven't done well there, we could both be contra indicators. So, whatever we <laughs> say, do the opposite kind of thing. But do, where do you kind of see the whole space kind of heading regulation projects, all that kind of stuff over the next 12 months? Um, if you were um, free to kind of talk about and not investment advice about, uh, you know, um, the future. Yeah. I mean, I, I like to listen to people that are smarter than I am. And I've had a lot of chats with um, significant investors, both here in Australia, as well as in, in Asia and the US in the past couple of months. And um, what I'm hearing is, um, you know, prepare for a cold winter, right? That's something that I think um, is beyond just crypto, by the way, right? This is something you see in, in, in Web2 and Web3, but Web3 obviously being the riskiest asset class feels it the first and it'll feel it a little bit worse than, than, than whatever asset classes come after that. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's going to be a little bit tougher to raise money. It's going to be a little bit tougher to sort of, um, you know, whether you're starting or if you've already started and you're looking to raise money. So um, I think a lot of projects um, um, to, you know, to the point that sort of you also made and that we've discussed is they're going to have to prove their viability um, fairly yep. soon. So I think what will happen is that the market will, will shrink in the number of projects, but the quality projects will remain. Um, yeah. And that those will survive. Now, what are the quality projects? I think it's the very difficult to say, right? And, and a lot of them you, you won't know, right? A lot of it is there's plenty of quality projects that get no traction. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that the sector will, will face a little bit of a, a challenging time because of the macroeconomic situation that we're in and, and the influence that has on, on funding and people's willingness Absolutely. to invest in crypto and, you know, yeah. take a punt at NFTs and all that sort of jazz. I do think that we're seeing really interesting use cases um, 
um, that some corporates are now applying. NFTs still mostly funded through, you know, the marketing arms of corporates. So they look at it as a bit of fun. Um, yeah. So once it can go past that stage, then we're into something real interesting. Right now, we're not yet, but it's, it's starting to happen. So let's see what comes out of that. Um, but overall, I think um, probably the enthusiasm has died down a little bit um, mm -hmm. with the general sort of let's take a punt market. I think mm -hmm. the diehard ones are still building really nicely. There will still be funding available there. So if you're part of a good project, you know, nothing to worry about. But I do think we need yeah. to keep in mind that this is bigger than crypto and that the macroeconomic situation may have significant impact on the uh, overall sector. Oh, absolutely. And there's there's projects out there that even if they're, they're based on utility, they're even seeing a bit of a downturn and having to let go of stuff, whether it's just stuff we're hearing, um, you know, by the grapevine or it's stuff that's actually in the news. So yeah. the other part that you mentioned there, like, you know, the, the whole space, it's not just crypto that's going yeah. down. The whole market is, and people can complain, they'll go, oh, well, crypto is supposed to be a hedge. Yeah, that was the mantra maybe seven years ago yeah. that it was a hedge against inflation. And then as this thing got mainstream, of course, the dynamic changes. It's not like things have to stay correlated for the longest time. In fact, I would look at the corollary that people are now looking at this as a mainstream kind of project. I'm yeah. um, sorry, a lot of the crypto space as that, as the next uh, version of the social media platform or whatever it is the project's working on. So no wonder. It but it's it's a great right now. But it's a great signal that it is being regulated because that means yeah. it's get, it's yes. it's capturing attention. And why is it? Because of adoption, right? So there's there's it's I think it's a good thing that's happening. But yeah, where, where are you from, by the way? Where, where, what's your background? I forgot to ask and stuff. And I'll, I'll draw the line to that. But yeah, um, I'm guessing uh, Holland is it? Or yeah, that's right. Yeah, Holland and Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. So I. Jakob, who is who is from Chainalysis and also mentioned this in his talk last week, I think is from there as well. If he's oh, not, cool. I, I am grossly mistaken, but I think he is from there. And the the fact that um, you know, in two talks we're speaking about this kind of thing, the relationships there, and um and Arturo is just throwing some signs up in the background. But uh the the um the other part that you because he yeah, the, the whole fact that people complain about it, um and we've seen this as well. And, you know, it's it's just really interesting that it doesn't have to stay that way. In fact, I would look at it the opposite, that this is a good sign. Like yeah. you said, it's getting more mainstream and regulated and stuff like that. But the other part was that you mentioned there, the projects. The projects, um, it's harder to come by the VC funding, you're right. It, before, maybe early on in the hype phase, you could have an idea on the back of a napkin, right? Yeah. And that, that was good enough if you knew the right investors. Then you had to have a good pitch deck that was good enough. And then you had to show traction. That's the part that's hardest now because no one's just going to do it necessarily off a pitch deck unless it's a super unique idea. You have to have either this super unique idea or it's got to have traction or you, maybe you have the greatest of contacts. And if you don't have any of those yeah. three, God help you because how are you supposed to raise money in this phase? And we've spoken yeah. to a lot of people where it's this tough lesson. They just think that, oh, because others have done it and it's a bear market and there's still people involved. No, it's not good enough. And I think you raise a very good point. 
that people really need to hear that and because you're seeing it right you're seeing this kind of stuff as well within with vcs right yeah no you see this all the time but to be honest it's good because also for a lot of these folks I, I think what we need to keep in mind is, well, there's a high opportunity cost to run a startup, right? You could have a, a cushy, nice yeah. job um, that probably pays quite decently, uh, especially yeah. if you're a developer at this point in time, um, or you could run a, a startup, raise a bit of money. But I think a lot of folks, you know, they raise a bit of money, um, do a startup, work their absolute ass off, um, but there was never really a viable business model behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So then it's a good experience, but it's also there's an opportunity cost involved. So I think that it's a little bit harder to raise money. It's not necessarily a bad thing. And also, uh, it shouldn't be a proxy to run, you know, of success or, or it shouldn't be an indicator whether or not to continue. I think there's plenty of good businesses that you can run without yeah. venture capital. And I had this discussion with someone yesterday that has done very yeah. well. Um, and is now raising venture capitals, having difficulty with it. And we said as well, it's like, well, keep in mind, it's a very, very small subset of companies that actually go down the VC route. Mm. If you're in startup land, you feel that's all, all there is, but there's so many other 99% of businesses don't, right? So um, let's there's a really not... good article on Medium, and I'll try to find it and throw it in the show notes if I still got it, but someone um, in that space, either the um, a financial advisor or they, they're in the VC space, but they showed all the different ways because it is not just VC. Absolutely, you're right. Like there's so many other ways that people don't realize that, you know, hey, you might get traction early on and just grow the business organically. Yeah, so, I mean, you know. and to be honest, that would be almost better because a VC is a boss, right? Yeah. They're, they're not your friends. They're, it's their business model, right? It's the, you know, we, you often have competing interests at some point. You have to be strong enough to be, you know, your business um, has to be big enough and have enough traction and you've got to be robust enough to be able to handle all the things that are going to come at you when it's either angel or VC money coming through. And I've been through that experience as well as like the other people I work with, um, knowing what that feels like on the other side, like after you've been funded, it's like, okay, this is another massive mountain to climb. So that's always of interest, but um, we better wrap up there. Yeah. Um, there's so much more that we can talk about and we, we want people to go to um, our events, your events, because there's so much going on in Sydney. And we spoke before the call about the Web3 calendar, your events are going to be on there and you guys are going to be able to edit that. Um, but how do people find uh, and get in touch with you? Are you on Twitter or LinkedIn? What, what's the best way? And we'll put the, the links down below, but where are you best contacted on? Uh, LinkedIn, I, I know I should say Twitter, I, I'm, but yeah, I, I just never got into it. I know it's terrible. Yeah, I've tried, okay. but I'm, I'm just not much of a social media guy. Uh, but yeah, okay, LinkedIn okay. would be perfect. Um, and if you want to check out our events, check out our website. Um, and we're actually going to have an interesting one come up in the next couple of weeks that we should have a chat about. And that is the, the okay. great Web3 debate. But we kind of want to have the believers and non-believers have a chat, yes. right? So that, that could be a fun one to, to join. Okay, I think we'll chat after this call. <laughs> so let's wrap up now. I'll get the outro going and stuff. Cue the funky music and stuff. But uh, Duco, thank you so much for your time. And uh, we'll chat to you more soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Mark. <laughs>